Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. So Henny. Yes. Okay. I Okay. So I don't know if I told you about this. Oh. Um, I know I didn't tell you that I, that Phil and I are going, but I, I'm not sure. Did I tell you that there had been, I saw this post on Instagram about something called um, Lima Supper Club? No, I've okay. never heard of this. Okay, so I saw this thing coming up, right? And it's like it provides food enthusiasts an intimate dining experience away from the crowds. uh, Lima Supper Club believes in community and creating a network for everyone. So I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. Uh So, So basically it was like these two people Uh who just really like – love cooking and they're and they're and one of them for sure is an expat because now he's got a side business that i just saw a link to which he's named gay baker lima okay and um so anyway i was like hmm what is this so so he actually just put this post it says curiosity of supper clubs that you didn't know so they originated in the u.s in the 30s and 40s where various houses opened their doors illegally to serve food oh okay the concept so they are regularly held in traveling venues it can be at a host's house a restaurant in the middle of a forest a cellar anywhere you feel comfortable okay it's an experience. Uh, as an experience, they're excellent meeting points to establish business relationships, possible friendships, and who knows, maybe someone will be lucky for a romance. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> maybe it's for swingers. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I, we're going to find out. But it says, who's invited? Anyone that wants to try a new experience, those who attend arrive at the invitation of a friend, the host himself, or by reserving a place. The number is small because it seeks to generate a sense of group. Uh, so it's not a restaurant. They are dinners in which everything takes time. It is worth worth it. Oh, and it is worth it that way. That way. Since it returns to the concept of slow food that seeks to vindicate the pleasure of eating by taking the time for it. Okay, so so this is really like a dinner party with strangers exactly and so you know if it's in english and it's here you're into it hands up and it's, <laughs> and it's foodie kind of thing yeah. also but anyways so i think the first time he started this was i think it was in may and there was like three dates in may but then of course you know i was not here for any of the dates yeah yeah, 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 yeah it was like may 11th 18th and 25th or something yeah yeah, yeah. not here so, and it's $40 US, and that is for a three-course meal with a cocktail and two glasses of wine. I mean, that is really extremely inexpensive, actually. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I, I had, I had like, started following them, and I had messaged, you know, DM'd the person and said, like, you know, this sounds really fun, and, you know, we'd love to, be, you know, my husband and I would really be interested in it. Providing in- that providing that the people sitting at the table are English speakers. Well, yeah, and everybody is. He It already said, the first post said it's only in English. They're only offering it in English right English. now. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, so anyway, um, uh, but then June came, and 
the, the one for June is also when we're away. And I was like, oh. Ugh. But then the other day, there was a post. And then it says the next dinner club is July 7th. Okay. So it says, you know, join us. Do you want to be part of the club? And then it says DM to reserve your spot. And so, of course, then I DM'd. And um, anyways, we've paid and we are going. So I will have something after <laughs> July 7th to talk to you about. Wow. So I don't even know where this, like, where the, I know that they live in Miraflores, but, and we live in Miraflores, but it's, it's quite a big area. Like we live, you know, at the yeah. very end of it. It could be anywhere. Um, but it's like, I can see photos of their house, the inside of their house and their terrace. Okay. I would guess that maybe uh, his partner is um, Peruvian. Because mm. it would be weird that Pat's here, but that are also opening up... Um, some sort of a business business yeah because okay. now so yeah. so the dinner will be at their house yes and i see photos they have a beautiful home like and beautiful. how many people will be at the dinner no idea honey i'm going to like by looking so then of course you know i'm just like a detective here <laughs> yeah and this I can, is really i i mean i feel great about this for you i don't know how i feel about it no, this is not your jam For at all. Me. <laughs> oh, but it, now it says we are proud to invite you to our place to enjoy real home cooked food in a royal private house in the heart of Miraflores. Try a new way to go out to dinner and have a unique social experience at a stranger's house. So come on over and make our house even more lively. So I uh, maybe they are renting because some there's some homes that are like really old, massive because yeah. you know they entertain big families. But yeah, it looks quite neat. I can see the outside terrace also. Oh, I bet you if I open it up, maybe I can recognize buildings around and see where it is. Yeah, is this something <laughs> <laughs> that I'm gonna have to drop a pin and tell you where I am? <laughs> Just for your own safety. Uh, <laughs> no, is this something that... Okay, first of all, I have two questions. One, what about the menu? Like, did you have to say, like, I have these... No, so he, yesterday after I messaged, um, because he, he uh, we were trying to figure, like, pay. And uh, the thing that we were using to pay, he doesn't, you can't, transfer us funds on that specific right, 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 thing right, 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 and so right. i was like well how much is it in soles because the 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 rate changes all the time right right and uh, anyway so he told me that and then i messaged him and said okay well like like it's all paid we're ready to go and then he sent me a message to say amazing can i get your email address to send you some info and the questionnaire <laughs> so now I'm not sure where the questionnaire is going to oh. be, but I'm assuming it's going to be food allergies That's and that. What, yeah, 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 and intolerances and things like yeah. that, I I would assume. I mean, the oh, only okay. thing I don't have is I don't drink wine, so. Yeah. But other than that, we eat everything. No yeah. allergies. Yeah. So, okay, so that was my one question. My other question was, is this something that you, like, that you, I'm not saying that you would do it, but, like, is this mm. something that you would be like, I could do that. I could host a dinner club. Uh, I don't know people, if I could. People, I'm, could I, people could come to my house and I would yeah. serve them dinner. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think that I would be more for the, because there's lots of different formats where people bring a dish and then I'll go and the host provides certain things and then other people bring things. Like my mother-in-law in her condo building, there's a group of people and they do something similar to that. So they might have a theme or, or there's a themed dinner every month. Okay. And each person takes a turn. I would totally be, of course I would be into that. And I do mm -hmm. like to entertain. But those aren't strangers. I mean, no. I guess in a, con and I guess in a condo building, they're, they're pseudo strangers. Yes. No, no, no. And it is that the same group does go, no, you are correct. They aren't strangers. Would I do it with strangers? Mm, I don't know because I'm not really good. I'm not good at small talk. That's not my thing. But you're going to the Lima Supper Club. Well, I am because it is something for us to do that's in English and because there's very for few sure. things. And I mean, I'm, I am and open if, to trying something. Yeah. And if you're the person going, you're not responsible for maintaining the small talk. Yeah, yeah, Correct. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're the host, then uh -huh. you are. I I'm... I'm very excited to hear how this all pans out. I feel like it could be, like, I feel like it could be quite fun. I think it, it will be because, I mean, this, what did it say on, on this one? That I'm trying to cheap. think of, so I'm thinking of different scenarios where you, you ended up with other people and and it became more of a social situation so like for example um i've been a couple of times to like a japanese restaurant where you sit at the table where the hot like with the hot the yep. grill is in front of you and the server or the the chef i guess is there in front of you and cooks the food oh, and like yeah. De yeah, teppanyaki, Tep right? Teppanyaki. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how many people are in your group, you're sharing yeah. the table with other people. And then it does sort of become this, like, mm -hmm. you know, group dynamic, right? Like, it's not like it's just, you know, the four of you and the two of them and the, you know, three of that. Like, you do sort yeah. of, you know, start talking to the people at your table, you know? And, and that's not unpleasant, no, it's, and there's, there are, there are restaurants that are more, it's like a communal. So you're going in and it's a long table and you just find a spot to sit at the table. So it wouldn't be, you're in a restaurant, everyone's got their own bill, but, but you are sitting super close. There's no individual thing. So it is to try to, um, yeah, like um, have a social experience. Yes. Do you have restaurants like that here? I don't know. I'm, you know, I bet you we do. I'm, I'm sure that yeah. in Toronto, I'm sure there are. Yeah. I just, um, but I also think it's the different cultures do. For sure. I actually, because I'm watching um, that show with Eugene Levy, the something traveler, the. Oh yeah. 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 And he was just in Japan and he was at a restaurant that, that was the focus. So you don't even know who's coming to dinner. Like you, you they put you and then you're, and it was like a, um, uh, a set menu. Mm -hmm. So everybody's getting served the same food at the same time. Right, right, right. You know? Um, and yeah, so he sat down and then this couple just happened to be the ones that were sitting with him. With and him. Person. Yeah. Um, and so something like that, I mean, yeah, I, I think that would be a neat experience. I would, like, I would not be opposed to doing something like that. Yeah. There are times that, um, 
yeah, no, I think it would be good. It's like going on a, like a hike, like a, when we go like on an overnight mm-hmm. sort of thing. And do we want to do a private one or a group? Mm-hmm. And I do prefer group, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, but it's risky mm-hmm. because sometimes like, you know, we've been on flings and then you're eight days with someone that's a weenie, you know, like yeah. you just yeah. don't mesh with and you just can't stand to listen to them anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's not enough people that you can avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But we've been on some that have been fantastic and yeah. just had a really, really good time. So um, I, I, whenever there's like a tour guide, I do prefer to have more than just us because I find that exhausting. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think the last time was when we were, we went, yeah. um, we were in Cusco. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sorry, Machu Picchu. Went to Piece, the Sacred Valley and Machu Yeah. But we had a, we had a good group of people. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were, everybody was good. So, yeah. you know, and the guide was a good guide, you know, so all of that, worked worked out well but it can also not be and then you feel just aggravated but we'll see I mean these people the thing is that the thing it's pretty low stakes actually for sure because because it's just a dinner right it's a it's a few hours of your time yeah it's an event right Mm -hmm. it's I'm sure that the food will be great I'm sure it will be too right so I mean you don't have to worry about that and then if you are in a group of people that you're like oh I I really don't care for that person I mean in a couple of hours you leave yeah, exactly. I think it sounds fun, Sandy. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah, you know, I I am too. And, and it's something different, right? Like what a what a unique experience. And if nothing else, because the um, uh, the the gay baker um, business that he has, he's British, so I know he's British because. Okay. He's already got like the British and the Peruvian flag on his thing, but he's also got like scones with cream with clotted cream and homemade jams and everything. Oh my goodness, yum! So like his he's just started up this business, and I can see that the scones and then also carrot cake. Like I'm already in love. Like yeah. if nothing else, oh, and then the and then cinnamon rolls. Okay, so you know. <laughs> There, where where can there you, be you had me at scones you know like, exactly exactly and then I know what he looks like because he's got a photo of himself here right um so oh, I, think gonna, ooh, I think it's gonna be fun it will be fun he looks like a fun guy so the you know supper club the oh my goodness supper. Sandy can you imagine can you imagine if you go and then you like meet people and then you like make friends with the people who are there exactly you just, you just, these are the things though. I mean, I do. Stranger things oppor- have happened. I take opportunities when they come up. It's not I like do. I'm not, you know, curious and like, you know, I even when you, uncomfortable, I am. Yeah. I, I think you do more than the average person. In fact, I, I do try. I do try. So here's the other thing that was weird. So Phil was telling me that when he, I was away uh, in May, that he spent Uh, a lot of time like going through his computers and like deleting and cleaning up and organizing files. And he goes like, you know, things that you've downloaded that you don't need to keep, but they just continue, they stay there and they're taking up space. So he was working and I said, oh, I should probably do, 
Oh, I said, oh, you should probably do mine. And he goes, no, that would be like me cleaning up your toys. You know, like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that for you. And uh, so I was like, oh, where? And he goes, oh, I just went in files. So then I went into files. Like, I, I, sometimes, I don't even know how these things get into files. Like, how are they even here? You know, <laughs> I don't even know. But I found like random things like recipes and stuff like that. Like, okay. I was like, why are these things? So I was stuck deleting, deleting, deleting. But anyway, I came across my why this is the only one that's in here. But my blog post saying when, that I like when I said that I was leaving, like that we were going to be moving to Lima because right. it's, it's called to Lima with love. Oh, and so like I and it starts with saying like I've been procrastinating writing this for a long time because it means yeah. I need to throw it out in the universe anyway so blah 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 but then at the end like I was reading this I just and I sent it to my therapist because I said I just want you to know like I did come here very optimistic <laughs> right <laughs> you know I mean four years of it is like you know just drained the optimism right freaking out of me yeah. but I yeah. did come I did come, the right? The very best of intentions and attitudes to have exactly. a great Exactly. Exactly. So the last part I said, like, we're just over two weeks out from the official move date, and I feel like I'm barely holding my emotions at bay. Goodbyes are emotionally draining, and the buildup to them feels overwhelming. I said, but I will get through this. Those around me will too. I need to remember that nothing is forever. Where I lay my head at night does not change the love I have from. I mean, I'm going to cry. I don't know why. Anyway, the love I have for my children, grandchildren, my extended family. These relationships will look different. We will connect differently, but we will figure it out. That I know for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so here I am again, daring greatly, choosing courage over comfort, and opening my heart to new friendships and adventure. I hope you will do the same. So yeah. I was optimistic. Today. I I know you are. I know you are. <sighs> even even though at the beginning it was like I did not I did not want to do this, you know. <laughs> but I made the choice to do it, so I did choose. It wasn't forced on me. But anyways, um, I, it was just it was just like it was funny to to read it, you know, and to yeah. think, okay, okay, you know. And I, I it was a good reminder, like nothing is forever. It just feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just feels like it 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 can feel like it that is for sure yeah yeah yeah. so the second thing is what I wanted to also tell you okay is this is more of a public service announcement so I here we go here we go in the last few years I've rented a lot of like I've rented cars quite frequently Mm. and for extended periods of time and whatever so I last, I had only been renting from National mostly during the pandemic, only because of the flight time, and they were the ones that were open late at right. Pearson to pick my car up. Right. But, but I had always used Enterprise before that, mm-hmm. and so and Enterprise and National are the same company. But last time I used Enterprise, fine. Now I did when I rented, like I would, I checked the pricing to make sure that both of them, and they were both the same. Mm-hmm. So. I've just I like a, like last week or a week before I went to go and book my um, in August I need it for two weeks, and then Phil said I he said you have to book for the first couple of weeks and then when he gets there we'll return the car and then we need it for in Nova Scotia for three days and then when we come back to Toronto then we need to rent again so he'd taken care of those ones but we used Enterprise mm-hmm. fine. 
no, he had used enterprise. So when I went to go use it, I'm like, $3,000 for two weeks. What? That's not, that's ridiculous. Uh Right. No, no, no. Hanny. I went and looked at national. Yeah. 1400. So yeah, same company, a different, like a different name, whatever, but the same company, double the price. Yes. Penny. For the exact same car. Ex- same car. Exact what? same car. So then I said to Phil, uh, okay. Because I knew, because I just had a car for three weeks with Enterprise. Yeah. And it came to, it was 1800 Right. So to have it for two weeks for 3000 I was like, what? So then, and I'm like, this can't be right. So then Phil's like, well, I, I said, well, who did you use? And so he told me, I said, okay, well, I'm going to. I'm going to go and look and book, like, look at what nationals prices are and I'll send them to you. Because mm-hmm. he said, well, I booked it in Nova Scotia. And he goes, oh, I, he goes, it wasn't that bad. The price was fine. No, it was $1,200. I booked it for $350. Whoa. $1,200 for three days? Yes. And he thought, oh, that wasn't too bad. Whoa. I said, okay, so now I've just saved us. I just saved us money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Sort of. <laughs> but I, and then, so I sent that to him and then I said, okay, here's what I, I've just put a booking in for national and sent it. And same thing on the last thing. I think we would have overpaid. Well, that was like 15. I mean. Three, three $3,500. Yeah, several thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. So it is worth it to, to, to price check, to price check. Cause generally they're both the same. Like most companies, you, you would, the ex- same. you would expect that it would be the same. I mean, it's just like anything, right? Like you're filling your car with gas. You're at the shell. You're at the SO. You're at the Husky, cent, you cent, know, yeah. like it's all the same or it's a 10th of a cent different, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so like you would expect same like like a hotel, you're staying at a hotel, it's you know, within ten dollars of one another, like you yeah. know, you would expect with car rentals it would be the same. That's substantial. Yeah. And I mean this is comparing like picking it up at Pearson, dropping it off at Pearson on site like i i don't have time to be going off site because i know you can get super like a much cheaper to go yeah. and yeah, pick yeah. a car up there but but I, but here but here's the thing that i think is important is it what you're not comparing is you're not saying the expensive price was pick up and drop off at pearson and the cheaper yes. price was go out here to pick up here but then drop it off over there but then do no 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 you're like you really are comparing apples to apples yeah pick up and drop off at pearson in both situations yeah the exact same car in both mm-hmm. situations the exact mm-hmm. same time frame in both situations but one that is yeah so, something is wrong there i mean i, I i'm not saying yeah. you're wrong like i know that, that is exactly what happened but like something is wrong I mean, I double check, triple check. Yeah, actually, three hundred and twelve ninety three is what I'm paying for three days in Nova Scotia. I mean, that sounds reasonable <laughs> for for like a. It, it's we just got a car because I usually get like a Rav Four or something like that. Yeah. Actually, the one that when I, we came back, Phil had only reserved like a Rav Four, and I said, no, we need a full size SUV. So I actually got a bigger size SUV for less money. For less money, 
<laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. All of that is ridiculous, really. Yeah. I mean, it's a <laughs> it's a crime, really. That people I, that people are just being gassed like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I it's just about, it's about demand, right? That's what it is. Supply and demand. And like the experience that I had with Enterprise last time was they had 400 cars go out the day before I arrived. Wow. 400 from Pearson. Not, uh, you know, irrelevant to me. I don't really care. Like mm -hmm. I booked my car and you don't have one for me, but you yeah. know, anyway, definitely, definitely. Anyways, that's my public service announcement. Well, I'm sure anyone who's looking to rent a car will now make sure that they check yeah. out more than one company before they. Yeah. Uh, and that was booking directly through them also, because I, I know I've looked before because you can book them through Costco and still use those. The prices aren't generally that much different. Right, right, right. Um, anyways, but um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, Whew. I know that's all I have to tell you today. <laughs> well, those are those are some good things. I I did I know we we hinted at it last week that we would continue our conversation about uh, about the book that I'd read Fat Talk mm -hmm. Parenting yes. in the Age of Diet Culture and so there are a few more things that I that I wrote down like as I was reading the book that I thought oh we need to talk about this and Please. then um and then there was a real like smooth tie-in to a podcast episode mm -hmm. that that we mm -hmm. listened to that that I thought we could uh, chat a little bit about so so let's see one of the things okay one of the things that was really interesting that she was talking about in the book was um, you know all of these things that that adults do to or either rules that adults put in place or things that adults say or you know whatever the the situation that adults set up to restrict kids eating in some way shape or form and and her theory that the author of the book was saying you know anytime you are restricting a child from from some sort of a food you are setting them up to potentially develop binge eating habits yeah. okay because whenever a child learns that they can't have something then when they can have it mm. they it, the the opportunity for the tendency to go overboard is there it's not right. to say it's not to say that it's always going to happen um mm -hmm. but there's the the scenario in which this could be this habit could be created is there yes. and um and so she was talking about things that seem really like basic and i think things that 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 many if not most parents do just whether it's related to weight or not things like you know mm. saying you know finish what's on your plate before we have dessert yeah you know, things like saying you know now is dinner time so we're gonna sit and eat dinner we won't eat later you know like like just things that seem very reasonable on yeah. the surface but right. then when you when you sort of unpack that and then you think about okay but what 
could what scenario could I be setting my myself up for or my child up for in like it's different right like like we'll start with the first one the you know finish what's on your plate if you want dessert yes I think this is a common thing for for parents to say I think and and for a variety of reasons I think I think parents think well my child if my child can't finish what's on their plate, then clearly they're not hungry enough to have dessert. And so they yeah. don't have dessert. Yeah. I think, you know, parents might say, well, I want my, my child to have whatever the protein is. I want my child to have whatever the vegetable mm-hmm. is. I want my child to have those nutritious things before they have whatever it is for dessert. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I think, you know, and then I think there's also the food waste piece, For sure. right? I want yep. my kid to eat this, this stuff because otherwise it's going to go in the, in the garbage. And why would I give them more food afterward if they didn't even fit? Like there's all these things. Yeah. And yet the, I guess what the author of the book is saying is she's like, I think we have to consider if we have a child who is not eating what's on their plate, but then does want whatever's being offered for dessert, you know, maybe we have to think about why are they not finishing what's on their plate? Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and why, why is, why as a, and, and I'm, I was guilty of this. Why as a parent, or an adult, because it doesn't have to be a parent. An adult, an adult and any yeah. an adult that has any children. Yeah, or there's children that come into their life right. at some point. Why is it that we feel that we know there are times when we're hungrier than we're not, but we don't think that kids also have that? We feel this need to be food pushers mm-hmm. for because that we feel they don't know themselves well enough. Yeah. To know they need this. Yeah. And, but that's, but that's the truth is that there are times when I'm sure kids wake up or, or they're whatever, and they just don't feel like eating mm-hmm. because yeah. they're just not hungry. Mm-hmm. And so we, because babies always know when they're hungry. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We're born with a, with the ability to determine yeah. when we're not, but we, we train it out of, out of kids yes right like they're that's really in that, to make that, them distrust their own system of knowing oh well my yeah. mom said I'm hungry I should be hungry yeah you know it's it's honey the big the the thing is is that somewhere along the line yeah I'm assuming it must have been when food like mass production of food came into right. effect yeah that that happened where before you would there you would only be able to eat at certain times because that's when food was available to you correct you know different types of food now every type of food is available to us all the all time all the time we over we have more than what we need of things because the like nature nature doesn't isn't able to guide that for us right right depending on where right. we live but but anyways I, that's, that's one of the things like we determine that I see this, I see this with my, um, with my son and with my granddaughters that there are times, the other thing is, is that parents are the ones that put the food on the plate. And so we are then telling the kid, and when we tell them they have to eat everything, we are training them to overeat. That's potentially, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, and like, and, and the other thing that she was talking about that I mentioned too, like, is this idea of, you know, this is when we're eating. And so you eat now, Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is like, on one hand, from a practicality, logical standpoint, you know, adults, parents, you know, whoever who have 500 other things to be doing, I cannot be preparing you food, you know, every yeah. second of the day because to like you on a whim, you decided you want this. So I prepare this. And now 30 minutes later, you want that. So I like, like yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah. And, and yet, <laughs> you know, just because I'm hungry at 1245 PM doesn't necessarily mean you are, you know, like, so like, yeah. I don't, once again, I don't know what the answer is. I think mm -hmm. maybe at this point, the answer is just being aware. Yeah. But I also, well, I think that part of it is it, it, what can help is structure with, with meal times, And so then your body does get into the rhythm of knowing at what points and the amount of food that you need at different points. Right. Yeah. With, but as, and as, as kids, they get, you get that because you're at school. So lunch during the, the week for, you know, nine months of the year, whatever is, or 10 months of the year is at this time, this is when you eat. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and that's, I mean, for most people, that's, there's that that you have that same breakdown you have like during the week it's this and on the weekends things are a little looser and so there's yeah. different things right because we're more structured um monday to friday you know Typically, quotations yeah. right yeah. than we are in the weekends yeah there's because there's also and i've said this many times like i know i trained my kids to overeat and to not be able to gauge when they were hungry or full more full because we were always in a rush. And so it was hurry up and eat, hurry, 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 hurry. This is when you have to eat, mm -hmm. shoving it at them. They have to eat it and they may not have been hungry then, but this is the time that we have available to us, mm -hmm. you know, which is not good. The other thing that she was talking about with like things that, that adults often do with children is put parameters around what, what or how much you can eat of things so mm -hmm. like you you may have one of this but that's yeah. it yeah you know and and so she said you know that that research shows that when when kids are given those like you can have one of rules that that often leads to a pattern of sneaking food uh, because hmm. if a, if a child is only allowed to have one of something but then wants more, then they could potentially decide, well, if I want, I'm not allowed to have more than one of this, so I'll have to take it sneakily. Right. You know, and, and then once again, it's not to say that that is going to happen all the time, but, but there is the, at least research would show that there's more of a, uh, more of an more of a chance that that children will sneak food if mm. there are parameters around what they're allowed to have or not allowed to have. Okay. Right. Because if a if a child is allowed to take whatever they want from what's there, there's no reason for them to sneak the food. Yeah. Right. But if they're not allowed, then then they do. And so, of course, as a person as 
I was going to say as a, as a child, but as a person, because even as an adult, I sneak food. Um, so as a person who developed a habit of sneaking food from a very young age that has continued into my adulthood, like yes. I was thinking a lot about that. Like I was thinking about rules that we had in my house about like what you could have and what you couldn't have, because we did have rules about food. Yeah. To be honest, I think most of the rules that we had about food was not about, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, I don't think the rules stemmed from a weight situation. I think the rules stemmed from like a cost <laughs> situation, yeah. right? Like there were a lot of children, it was a big family. And so when there was something, whether it was a box of granola bars or a box of cereal or whatever mm -hmm. it was, you were allowed to have one of that because it needed to last. Yes. You know, like I don't, I don't actually think that those one of rules that we had in my household growing up were related to weight at all. Mm, yeah. I mean, maybe they were a little bit because, because did we have like, you can only have one apple rules. I don't think so. I think you could have yeah. had more than one apple, right? <laughs> so like, it must've been a little tied to the weight, but, yeah. but, but, I think it was more about the money. I think it was more about making yeah. the food last, right? And yeah. And and another thing is too, like all of my siblings, not all of my siblings, most of my siblings, because most of us grew up at the same time, mm -hmm. most of my siblings, like they lived under the same like one of rule as I did. I'm the only one who sneaks food. So but how do you know that? You don't know that. You think that. I'm fairly certain. I'll, I will ask, I will, I, between now and the next time we record, okay. I will talk to all of my siblings and I will ask all of my siblings. Yeah. Because I am 99% sure that I'm the only person who sneaks food. Mm -hmm. But I'll ask, I'll ask them. Okay. That will be okay. interesting to know. Because, and I guess, like, I just say that to say, like, I don't think there's a natural or a necessary causation between if you tell kids they can only have one of something, they will sneak food. And and she wasn't saying that either. Um, but I do think there's a, you're creating a situation where a child might feel that they need to sneak food if there are rules around it. Well, and that's... And and I think that, the, but the point is, is that it, yeah, it doesn't need to be about weight or trying to control caloric. It is, it can be for many different reasons. Truly. But the result is the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what's the alternative? What is, what is, a, how? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. There are people that, yeah, you're right. And they Okay. And like, cause I was thinking about other things too. There was a nut, we had a very, there was a very strict rule <laughs> that we had on Sundays after church, we would go to my grandmother's house. This was when I was a kid growing up and we would go to my grandmother's house and for coffee after church. And, and so my Oma and Opa were there and a couple, maybe like three other aunts and uncles would be there and cousins and whatever. And my Oma always had three plastic containers that had cookies in them. 
and they were like peak friends. You know, like they okay. were nothing yeah. special, you know. Yeah. And and there was a very specific rule that we were allowed to have two cookies from the container, and that was it. And you had your two cookies, and you weren't allowed any more. But like also that rule was in that had nothing to do with caloric restriction. Yeah. And everything to do with first of all, these are Oma's cookies and not ours. And second yeah. of all, there are lots of people here. And so the reasonable and like polite thing to do is to take two and then you're done. You know, like okay, so so whose rule was it? Oma's or your mom's? I that's a good question. I I feel like it would have been mom's rule, but I feel like it might have been Oma's rule, you know, like, like, okay. like it came to us as mom's rule, but I feel like it could have been Oma's, okay. you know, like who, okay. who knows, who knows, but like even, I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, but like, isn't that just normal? Like if I were going to someone's house now and they had like a container of cookies, I know that it is not, well, I have learned that it is not socially acceptable to eat the entire thing of cookies. You know, like right. maybe taking two is what would be, you know, yeah. socially acceptable. But that's something I learned. I mean, maybe someone else would be like, well, why not take six? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, my children will, they do the opposite. They will just leave two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, this is as recent as like, Christmas in January when they were both here and I had like Christmas cookies and everything out and I come down in the morning and I'm like what? <laughs> where did it all go <laughs> I left like two of two of each of the three different ones I had made you know I didn't want to eat them all is what they said I mean that's nice <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know what this I don't know what the solution I I don't I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the alternative is. I, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even necessarily know that this is like a, you know, super terrible, awful, horrible thing to be doing. Like it just, it just, it just gives you pause. Like it makes you take a moment to be like, okay, truly everything we do and say does yeah. impact the people around us, Correct. especially the little people around us. Correct. Correct. You know, yes. yep. which leads into the final thing that I okay. want to talk to you about. Yeah, because there's a section in the book where she talks about doctors and their relation with children who have overweight. And then she she talks about fat camps. Yeah. And and then, of course, um, one of the podcasts that you and I have listened to a few episodes of maintenance phase, they also have an episode that is specifically talking about fat camps. Yep. And I was enthralled both by the podcast and okay. by the section of the book about fat camps, because I am a person who attended a fat camp. Right. And so this was all like, it was all coming full circle to me. And I was, I was really in my glory, just listening to it all. And like, okay. and then like thinking about it and reflecting because for me now, the, the fat camp that I went to, my, my parents would probably be horrified to hear me refer to it as a fat camp. It was a, it was a summer day camp. Yeah. That was hosted by the Children's Exercise and Nutrition Center at Shadok Hospital, associated with McMaster. So, and, and so, 
it was a day camp. It was not overnight. It was like an 8.30 to 3.30 thing. It was for two weeks in the summer. And I think I went three summers. And I loved my time there. <laughs> but you're, you're a little bit of an oddball. I know. Do you so, think everybody else, if you think back, do you think everyone else was loving it? How, first of all, how old were you? Okay. So I was trying to think about how old I was. I think I was like grade five, grade six, grade seven. Oh, like I, okay. I was like these 10, 11, 12. You really remember, like, these are by time you remember quite vividly. I, I, I remember it quite vividly. So, and I also, and I, I could be wrong. Like I would have to fact check, but I am, <laughs> I am a hundred check my own facts. <laughs> I have to fact check my own memory, <laughs> my own um, life. <laughs> I know for sure. I know for sure that the first year that I went, I went and two of my brothers went. There were three of us. And my, so my, um, three of my, three of my brothers do carry excess weight as adults. As children, they did not. Like, so like two of my brothers and me, the three of us went to fat camp the first time. But why did your brothers go then? Because I think, I don't know. I would have to talk to my parents and ask. Yeah. I think it was because this was a way of like, it, it really was summer camp for us. And so it wasn't supposed to be like in my face, you are fat you have to lose weight like and so but it like it was for me 100 percent. like it was it was me who my parents were hoping would benefit from this activity but I think it because it was me and my brothers and we went and it was supposed to be fun like I think it was a way of normalizing it and making it like it's not about the weight it's not about fatness it's just about like something fun and healthy for all three of you to do together I I think that was I think that was probably why my parents set it up that way and so like so Sandy it never felt punitive to me it never felt like it it was it was summer camp like and we went together and I think the first year it was the three of us that went the second year I think it was just me and one of my brothers that went because I don't remember I don't remember the three of us going twice. Like I think, and then the third year, I think I went by myself. Cause I think the third year, like my other brother was like, I don't really want to go, but I wanted to go. But okay, like, so I, I also, so you have some homework to do with asking your siblings. Okay. So one is about them sneaking food. And two, you need to ask your brothers how, what, how they felt about it. So yeah, I will, I'll ask them. So uh, what I will tell you is we were so hungry (laughs) we were so hungry at like when we went to this camp because we would we would have breakfast in the morning and my dad would drop us off and I think it was 8 30 and then there would be some sort of a thing like where we would sometimes we would right away get on a bus and go somewhere sometimes there'd be like an hour in the morning where they would do like a little nutrition lesson and then we would go get on a bus and go somewhere and and every day we went somewhere else we went to wild waterworks we went to uh bingman's park we went to crawford lake we went mm-hmm. to christie conservation area and it was all about 
being active and having fun. So we played sports. We did, we, one day was rollerblading. We went swimming every day. Um, you know, we did like, we played Frisbee. We had, we did games. We like, it was all like, like being active. And like, I think that's part of the reason why it was a positive experience for me too, was because I was always active as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. We, we were all in swimming lessons. We all played soccer. We were all in skating lessons. Like there was no, there was never an, like my weight was never allowed to be an excuse for anything. I always participated. I always had to participate in things, whether I wanted to or not. And, and so, and I was a tall kid. So even though I carried extra weight, I was fairly athletic and like fairly good at things. So, so that Mm -hmm. also makes it a positive experience because when you feel like you are good at something, it's, it's more fun. Right. And I think, cause you said, you know, did other kids who went to the camp have as much fun as you did? Probably not. I, I think, I think some for sure not. Cause I think I, I distinctly remember some kids like really struggling. Like I remember playing soccer, baseball and like some kids like, like could, uh, like couldn't kick the ball or, you know, like, yeah. whereas like I grew up playing soccer. So like, this was my, this was my jam, you know, like, yeah. so, so it was a positive experience, but I remember like, so they would feed us lunch, which was not a lot of food. And then on the bus ride back in the afternoon, they would give us some sort of a snack. And like the snack would be like, um, it might be like a handful of corn bran dry cereal. Oh my God. It might have been like a half a bagel with like a yogurt spread. It might have been, um, it might've been like an apple with some raisins. Like, it was all like not a lot of food, right? And and so then I remember like dad, I think, I think it was like 3.30 or 4 that we would get picked up and dad would come and pick us up. And the very first thing was like, okay, like, what are we having for dinner? Like, what do we get to eat now? Yeah. And, you know, and that, and I don't remember that that was just me. Like, I think my brothers were like equally hungry. Like we were yeah. ravenous. I know that they weighed us at the beginning and that they weighed us at the end. I have no recall if I lost weight in those two weeks mm. or not. I have, I, I don't even know as I was privy to what the number was. Like, I remember they had a weigh scale situation where it was like this big, massive block and a chair sat on the block. And so then you sat on the chair and that's how they weighed you. Okay. I don't even know as I ever like saw the number like it, because, and they never talked to me about, what the number was or if I like not that I remember anyway mm-hmm. like I don't remember that being even though obviously that was the the ultimate measure of the right. of the experience I don't remember that being the focus it was interesting to hear the especially to hear the podcast episode where mm-hmm. the um where the one host was talking about fat camps in general and like some of the research they'd done about different fat camps that exist in the United States. And then she said similar, similarly to me, she said that she had been to one that was also a day camp, not an overnight camp. Yeah. And that it was like ultimately a relatively positive experience for her too. But, but that's a whole different story. Like I think a overnight camp is a completely different scenario because then 
all of your food is being controlled 100% because I know for sure that like we would like have like go to camp during the day and then like not eat (laughs) necessarily the healthiest of foods like afterward you know like go through the Tim Hortons drive-through to get Timbits or you know like 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 I'm quite certain that that there was you know that it wasn't a, a super concentrated effort to lose weight right. 24 hours a day, even though that was maybe the goal. But yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about my experiences as a kid with food and, and weight, especially because I know that, that I, that I, do have a tendency to sneak food and that I do have a tendency to binge eat. And so like try to, but like, I can't, when, okay, honey, when would you really when, make those connections either? Like, because when sneak food now though, you live on your own. Who are you sneaking food from? Yeah. Myself. <laughs> do you like open the fridge and like look around and make sure no one's, no one's looking? <laughs> Like the binging, the binging is, I mean, the binging can be people, you do that on your own anyways, right? Like, yeah, well, I right? think, but I think, like, I, tie, you, but anybody, like, I think, a, but I a, think I tie those things together, right? Because okay. if I, you sneakily binge, correct, correct, yes, correct, gotcha. because it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm not like going into other people's homes and like sneak, like, yeah. sneak like you're right, you're, like you're your parents right now. Like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm to see where, of course you didn't, you're going to tell me you never opened the freezer to see what was in there. No, I never did actually. Really? Because I know that you also used to sneak things out of the freezer when you were a kid. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> so did I. Because baked goods don't freeze. So you can, yeah. You can well, they do, them. but they still are good. Like, yeah, and delicious. then you like, you know, then you just and rearrange you just, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just rearrange <laughs> the cookies in the box. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, no. I think to me, like now as an adult, I just tie like, yeah, sneaking and binging. Like it's the to okay. me, it's the same thing because it's done in secret, right? Correct. So maybe yeah. maybe sneaking isn't the right word, but like se- secretive is yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I I get it. Yeah, but. I know because then they're talking about, you know, like things that like, um, you know, that, uh, like at doctor's offices and weighing kids and then, you know, and telling kids they need to lose weight and stuff like that. And like, and even that, like I had a very, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before too. Like I had a very negative experience when I was 18 with my family doctor, but as a, as a kid growing up, I used to see a cardiologist every year um, because because of a like a, a birth uh, like a heart murmur that I was born with, mm-hmm. and and every and I know when I went to those appointments I know that they weighed me I don't remember that I ever knew what that number was. Mm-hmm. He that cardiologist my entire childhood never maybe he told my parents I needed to lose weight he never told me that I needed to lose weight yeah he always asked me how active I was and he always told me I want you to continue being active you need to continue you just be as active as you can be he always said that to me 
he never once to my face told me I needed to lose weight. Yeah. But my whole growing up career and like my career, career, <laughs> like my job. Um, but like, <laughs> I just, I like, when I reflect on stuff like that, I just think like, I was so fortunate to have had the experiences that I did mm. um, with doctors, with my family, with my school group. With like, I'm just so fortunate to have had those. And it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine, you know, like I definitely was picked on as a kid because of my weight. I I definitely had a soccer coach who had lots of lovely things to say about me and the fact oh. that I couldn't because I was too fat and you know like I like I definitely had negative experiences there but I just think I had so much support that considering my eating habits and the size of my body always I think I really made it out ahead of the game in comparison mm. to the stories that I hear from so many yeah. people yeah yeah did you, did any of your siblings ever tease you? No, never. Which also, and this comes up in the book over and over again, actually, about siblings yeah. being really mean to siblings. Yeah. No, never. Yeah. And so then you think like, did they? And I, but like, no, they, they just, they just did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I don't know. It just wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I really, the more I reflect, the, I, the more I realize how fortunate I've been. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of the worst things, the, the negative feelings and the, and the shame that I've experienced related to my weight, related to my body size, related to my eating habits, like most of it stems, like most of it stems from me. Like most of it mm. is all in my own head, you know, right. like wh wherever I've taken that from, you know, mm. whether I've taken it from my experiences, from broader society, from what other people have said, like who knows, but like, mm -hmm. but it all, it all comes from me. It's, it's not very little of it in my whole life has come from things that other people have said to me. Hmm. You know, which yeah. also I know is not the experience of yeah. the majority of people. Right. Yeah. Like my brother never, my, he also never said anything to anything me. to you. Yeah. No, i not that I'm sure he might, maybe he did. I don't remember like nothing that is. That's so, it from, yeah. I'm sure there was a comments, you know, when they get, when like, you know, you fight with your siblings. Right. Yeah. So, and then. You have to do something that really hurts the other person. So mm. I'm sure, but it, there's nothing like a specific moment that. Nothing that, that sticks with out. you. No, no, not at all. The one thing um, that, because uh, I listened, I think I've listened to half that podcast this morning um, about the fat camps was that what ends up happening is that that you put a bunch of people together, whatever body size, and then there's always ones that are making fun or poking fun at ones that have a larger body than they do. Mm. You know, like, yeah, yeah. but, and I've so like shared this before is like, for me walking into a room, yeah. I was always looking to see, to find someone, someone like, I want to be the, 
Yes, because then it made me feel okay. Yeah. Totally effed up, but. Yeah. Because I think that was, I think maybe in theory that that's some of the idea that it's like, okay, but if we brought a group of, if we brought a group of kids who all have overweight together, yeah, then, you know, maybe this is going to be then a safe space for them to be yeah. because, you know, all of their bodies are a certain way. But, but like you said, there's always variants, right? So well, variants plus also personalities and those type of situations bring out the, that uh, not always the best qualities in people, yeah. you know, of those, per like their personality. I mean, it's, and it, it's just a group of people. I mean, if it yeah. was a group of, of thin bodied or average sized people, the same thing would have happened. It's the same. It been, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It would have been the same. So well, it's the same for any like group that you like any group that you would bring in. Like you bring in a group of women, you know, there's yeah. always yeah. Gonna be dynamics there that, you know, or yes. you, bring, you know, like any you bring in a group of people of, you know, of the same age, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, or a group of mothers, you know, like like whatever the similarity is, just because you share one similar similar characteristic doesn't mean you, you know, you a have nothing to judge each other about mm -hmm. or B are automatically going to be friends. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. it's a whole lot of gray. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. whole lot of gray, you know, like yeah. what do you say or do to yeah. be supportive and inclusive and it's tough but then also realistic because you know that because that's the that's the reality is mm -hmm. you know with children who have overweight you know even if you as a parent are not like even if you know that your child is healthy and you're not concerned mm -hmm. about their health and and you love them for the the person that they are and the body that they have like everyone in the world doesn't yeah <laughs> you know and so there is a sense of i i think there is a sense of like you know this child's life would be so much easier if you yeah. know and i think and i and we have that but this is this is where you know we live in ableist society yeah where we all have this sense that life will be easier for everyone if they are thin, if they yeah. are, uh, you know, reach a certain level of intelligence, if they have completed a certain level of schooling, if they like, mm -hmm. and like, at what point do we dismantle that? Yeah. The crux of all of this is, you know, we need to change the way that we think as a society about what is right and what yeah. is wrong and you know and 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 maybe that's where I was going I think before I was distracted was maybe the first step is just being aware of it yeah you know and and that's what I think this book did such a good job of doing for me that it was like all of these things that that even though I might have experienced them I hadn't quite like connected like oh 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 okay you know like and then all of mm -hmm. a sudden you're just that little bit more aware right 
feel like that was a lot of me just like blabbering on and on and on. No, it was, it was all, oh, don't, no need to apologize at all. You did, and you weren't. There's nothing to apologize for. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it, it honestly, I just have, I've, I have no, I read the book like two weeks ago. I have not stopped thinking about it. Oh, I know. And I have like so many books on hold, but they're all like, you know, long time. I know. And then what happens is they all come available the same. I know. And that's what's so frustrating. So I, I, I did look again, you know, sometimes I think when you open it, I get like a skip the line on one of the books I've been waiting for. Yeah, that does happen Uh, periodically. So I wonder if, it's, you know, there's something in the book that, like, or in the book, in the in the app that they know that, anyways, could all be in my head. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I also feel that way, too, though. I, like, sometimes, especially if it's a book that you've looked at a few times, then all of a sudden it pops up and you're like, oh, okay. I know. I know. Libby knows. Libby knows. Libby knows. I know. <laughs> like, I'm, it's, like, in here now. Like, Okay. Let me see. What have I got on hold? Sandy, one last thing before I let you yeah. go. Have you yeah. ever seen, so they, they, in the podcast episode on maintenance phase, where they're talking yeah. about at camps, they reference the movie Heavyweights. Have you no. seen that movie? No. Oh, Sandy. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh, which means that it, it's really truly. old. It is really, it's, I think it's from the early 90s. Oh, it's Ben Stiller. Uh, yes, I. It's it is so good. It's I, I should watch it again as an as an adult, but as a kid, I just loved it. I loved it so much. Anyway, I'm gonna ask people on Instagram this week if they have seen Heavyweights. Oh my goodness, I love it. Is it- Here's what's so funny is because then I'll look at the year it came out and I'll be like, oh, sorry, my marriage was falling apart. I was 30 years old at that time. So, no, for sure. I was definitely not watching it. <laughs> I was not watching <laughs> I was turning 30 and just like, you know, being happy that at least I wasn't pregnant. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how life goes. Oh dear. Well, heavyweights. I mean, I I'm gonna have to watch it again. But like, it's I I remember it as being so good. And there are parts of it that I like with my uh, scenes, and I will quote it. It's so funny. It's got a bunch of weenie people in it too. Jeffrey Tambor. He's so funny. Yeah. It's. I mean, the the premise is it's a fat camp, right? And, yeah. And ben so Stiller's in it. And it's only for boys. Yeah. And so they and it's an overnight camp, but then there's all like they, the people who owned the camp was this lovely couple, and they're so kind, and it's all about like having fun and like being with like meeting new friends and playing around and like that's how they sell the camp because that is how it was but then this particular year a new owner has come in and he is like talk about crunchy granola like he is like a little bit cuckoo Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. like puts all like he like screams at the kids and like puts them all on these like super like high intense diets and has them doing all this like uh, wild, you know, hiking and, you know, like, and the kids are like tumbling down and he's like, you know, the, you know, like leave the week behind. Like we, we pushed forward and like, and, and, and here's what's so funny. This is a Walt Disney film. This would like, 
like let's let's go from like 1995 until today. This would yeah. never. No. No. It no. It's not a movie that would be made in 2023. And yet, <laughs> yeah. and yet, I'll have to watch it again because there are things like. You know, sometimes you see movies from the past and you're like, that is so problematic, you know, but I don't know. I don't know about this one. I'm going to have to watch it again. Okay. okay. Because in the end, the boys like rally together and like overcome the, the, the cuckoo wingnut of a, of a leader. Right. So, okay. I mean, I just remember as a kid, I remember it. I mean, first of all, I remember it being funny. And second Mm -hmm. of all, I remember it being, like, empowering. Like, that these boys, like, you know, came together and overthrew the, 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 the. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. I I think, I think I still promote it. (laughs) Penny, you were 12 when you watched this movie. I loved it. Okay, but let's see a forty-year-old Henny. We'll see. Watches we'll it. See. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm still gonna like it, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So I have lots of homework to do this week. Okay, but you also because we're you and I are not going to be speaking for a while. But have, have you seen the movie Women Talking? I have not seen the movie, but I have you, read the book. Okay. And the book okay. is excellent. Well, we just Phil and I watched this on Saturday night. Because okay. it was like on Apple and Netflix. It was a 99 cent rental. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Um, and, and was and, the movie phenomenal? Uh, the, so, Sandy, you have to read the book. The book okay. is um, amazing. Well, I want to read other things that this woman um, has written because she's written nine Miriam books. Miriam Tews? Yeah. I'm not sure how her last name is pronounced, but yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, perfect. Okay, all right then. Well, we've yeah, gone over pretty time, much but solved world problems. And <laughs> <We have. laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, apologies to people listening for the longer than usual episode. Yeah. Uh, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Perfect. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the right. chat, Annie. Have See a ya. great day. All right. Bye.